This episode is sponsored by Cryptid Crate. If you are a paranormal or cryptozoology lover, you will love this crate delivered to your doorstep every single month. Just go to cryptidcrate.com and subscribe. And if you use the promo code SECRETPOD, you will save 20% off your first order. That's right, 20% off. So go to cryptidcrate.com and use the promo code SECRETPOD. This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org to discover more shows like this one. The Darkness Awaits. Welcome to Secret Theater 2999. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Don't forget your ticket. I am your host, Toby, and alongside me are my co-host. Me first, Kristen. Oh, damn. Jeez. Wow. Wow. <laughs> usually you're just like... Me next, Addison. Here's, here's Kristen. It's usually he's like, oh, play my phone. <laughs> oh, and I'm Rudy. Oh, I'm in it today. <laughs> I'm in it to win it today. <laughs> and we have a producer of the show. Introduce yourself, no. producer. <sighs> Hello, everyone. Satan. I'm, I'm glad that we are doing another Secret Theater 2999. This hey, is not two. me. I've sat in the same hey, room with you hey, for Satan. a certain amount of time. And yes, I hate even Before we get started, I, I got something for you. you. You got something for me. Oh, wait, not I got everybody you, introduced I got themselves. you a little Valentine's yeah, gift. Yeah, we did. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah. Here you go. Oh, Here you go, buddy. Oh, hold on. Really? Yeah. Happy Valentine's now, Day. It's a, it's a little after Valentine's Day, but... Well, I didn't get to see you on the uh, day. It's okay. Okay, so just be glad that you get Satan. Not everybody gets something. It's it's got Seriously? lovely pink wrapping paper. I know, doesn't it? It's flowery. It probably came from Rudy's mom. Use, I wasn't going <laughs> to use Christmas wrapping paper. As oh, I wish you would have. But okay. Jesus. Hey, hey, that's not nice. Hey, that's not nice. He got me Satan Twizzler dicks. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you right now, I do not have a Twizzler dick. No you, matter okay. what you think. See, what you can do, you can play a little game. You can, like, fuse them all together right? and see okay. if they equal the length. They, they, they can tell you for sure they won't equal the length. Because he doesn't have one. I, no, it's really long. I have to carry no. it around my shoulders. We could do like a side by side comparison. Does your dick hang low? Can you tie it in a bow? There you go. Well, happy Valentine's Day, buddy. Well, Got you some Twizzlers. You. You, can, you can share those with everyone if you want. Nobody touch, wants to taste Satan's tips. dick. We can touch tips for you, you getting me that since I didn't get you a gift. Okay. That's all fine. Right, all right. Later. 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 That'll be a great later, Valentine's later. gift. I feel like you got gypped. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think so, so too. yeah. Uh, I hope Satan will share those Twizzlers in a little while. Just make sure that he doesn't take the, the, take your soul candy, through your candy, dick. The candy. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say the candy. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, so um, this works out perfect for kind of a late Valentine's Day. We are going to be reviewing uh, Love and Saucers. By Brad Abrams. By, by Brad Abrams. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to give us a little synopsis? Kristen? Oh, yeah. 
You said that so well. Synapses. I know. Usually I uh, mess up I'm those from Jersey. Words. I do synopsis all, all the time. Do some synapsi. Oh so it is the story of David Huggins, a 72-year-old man who claims to have had a lifetime encounters with otherworldly beings, including an interspecies romance with an extraterrestrial woman, and chronicled it all in surreal impressionist paintings. Hmm. Hmm. I wonder if his paintings are worth anything. Now, you can go to, uh, I, I believe the website is Love and Saucers. Hold on, let me double check that. Before. So the rating is NR. The genre is documentary, mystery, and suspense. It's directed by Brad Abrams. Okay. <laughs> Takes 67 minutes to watch. And the studio is The Orchard. Is it free? Sure. So I bought this uh, documentary off of Vudu. Okay. Um, now you can go to loveandsaucers.com. Oh, and, that, that's V U D U, not not the typical. Yeah, yeah, not, not like voodoo. Right. Um, v as in Vincent. But if you go to uh, the Love and Saucers, you can get a physical copy, which I wish I would have done instead of buying it off Voodoo. I hate digital copies. Yeah. But if you go to the shop, uh, there's some of the paintings on there for sale, Ooh. and some are sixty five dollars. Uh, there's there's a bunch of them. I don't know if they're prints or if they're the actual paintings, but. Regardless. Surely they're prints I'm because be if you're selling multiples um, of them. Yeah, you'd want to keep the originals. Yeah, it's probably yeah they're prints because it says only fifty available on yeah. on the on her eyes. Yep. That's what I'm looking at. About to look so, but yeah, this uh, this documentary is uh, an hour and seven minutes, and uh, so what we're gonna do, just like we did on our last one, this uh-huh. is. Uh-huh. Maybe we probably won't do these uh, as often as we are, but we wanted to do this one, right? Um, so I, I know we just did one a couple weeks ago, but we were excited about this one. Uh, and what we're gonna do is we're gonna watch probably about thirty minutes of it, and then we'll stop it and come back and talk to you guys about what we've seen so far. So that it's gonna be a little bit spoilery. Cool. And yeah, and we'll let you know when we get in. That way, you know, if you're watching it along with us, you can pause us and continue on until that right. point. So, for now, we are about to start the documentary. And uh, in 30 minutes, at the 30-minute mark, we're going to hit stop, and then we will be back. Cool beans. Sounds like plan, right? Yes, sir. All right, we will be right back. All right. Satan man with the plan. What's up, Euphonauts? It's your UFO guy, Rob Christofferson. Have you ever been curious about the UFO phenomenon, but unsure of where to start? Have you ever wondered about just what crashed at Roswell? Have you ever wanted common sense advice about licking UFOs? The answers don't. Then check out the Our Strange Skies podcast, where we dive into America's rich UFO history and uncover what these sightings say about ourselves. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and most podcast apps as well as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Don't forget to look up, because you never know what you'll find in our strange skies. In gray we trust. So we are back, and we stopped the documentary at 28 minutes and 57 seconds on the chapter called Paintings. Mm-hmm. That's correct. So if you're Which is a pretty good painter. You know, okay, so he was saying, like... He gets expressions At, at, at one good. spot, he was like, this was my first one. It's not very good. Right. But you can see that he gradually gets 
way better with like the shadowing and, mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. The first yeah. one wasn't even bad. Though. No, it wasn't bad. Right. Um. Okay. So so far we've learned he's uh his name's David. Uh-huh. The the man. He's seventy two in the filming of this documentary. Currently living in Joyce. Yeah, and uh, so basically. He's been having encounters with women, er, women with aliens, right? Since he was eight, seven, seven, eight. Well, his first he's been encounter eight. was eight, eight, but it was the hairy thing. thing at right. seven. His, his first sexual encounter wasn't until which is like a Sasquatch-looking guy. Yeah, like a little mini Sasquatch. Documentary. Yeah. So let's let's really talk, weird. let's talk about because he's had several different types of. Well, I'd say several. He's had a few different types of uh, alien beings. Visit home, right? So the hairy man. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's the first thing that came to my mind was Sasquatch, Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Well, um, especially, I mean, he lives in the South, so you a cryptid, yeah. Like... Yeah. Wait, who? Jersey's not in the South. No, he was in He's Georgia. Georgia. Oh, okay. But he he never he never really he didn't refer to it as as Bigfoot. Just for the record, it, he just called it the little hairy guy. Yeah. yeah. Was, oh, he did say he did say it was little, huh? Right. It was about as tall as him as a it was kid. Bigfoot's and then movie. there was an which, according to this guy, right. looking at him, he's probably like seven foot tall right now. Right. So right. him being little is probably at least like six foot. Oh, well, you know, I don't know how tall he was as a kid. They never give a point right. of reference. Well, what about the insect being? Uh, he said it looked like a praying mantis. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what struck me, though, is he was talking about when he was little and he yep. watched that Doctor Who movie or whatever. Like, he talked about that and how it had, like, It brought ants. back a bunch of mem- memories of... Uh, mm-hmm. uh-huh. I just found it very convenient. Yeah, so that's what I also have written down. It just pretty much says, like... You know, like when he was little, he would watch his movies and it had the ants and everything. Like his, and then all of a sudden now it's incorporated in like him being abducted. Here's here's the thing: he's 72 and he's got thousands of uh, horror sci-fi movies. Right now, you got to think in the 50s and the 60s. It wasn't until when? Like when was VHS first like a home thing? We've done this before. uh, eighty something, but I, I could see eighty eighty yeah. something would be when it was popular. So, and and back in the early days of television, you didn't have many channels, and they weren't playing all these sci-fi horror movies. Well, plus he lived in Georgia, and he on admitted a farm. he admitted it was middle of nowhere on a farm. They probably didn't have TV, so I, I don't even I don't even know if they had electricity. I, I out know there. I know that seems suspect that he's talking about this Doctor Who movie and the the praying mantis looks just like it sort right. of but I think he was saying that that reminded him because of it right mm-hmm. um it didn't inspire him it, it was more like it so the first VHS yeah. came back came out in September 9th of 1976 okay 76 okay we were close right. 80s um but they, I mean, they weren't in everyone's homes until no. probably right. Eighty. Well, I mean, I get that, but it's just it. It was just odd to me that no, that's yeah. what reminded him. You know, him. I really kind of now. There's this insect in everything. Just this one particular one, but it's in everything. Well, you know, that's an insect. Period. Because that's what he first ever saw in like his right. abduction, scary VHS movies. I- I, I just kind of, he said he had, he didn't tell anyone about his encounters for a long time. Because they wouldn't believe him. Right. I wish he just had some kind of documentation to where he wrote stuff down, like a journal. Right. Because that would help uh, a lot of this of, you know, which came first, chicken or egg. But he just said in the last segment, 
he didn't remember any of it. That's right. Until years later. Uh, well, oh, because he uh, had found a book by what was the what, whatever the book was. He found intruders a specific... or so, um, something. Yeah, it was something. intruders. So he he had he had skipped to a, uh, a section in uh-huh. the book. Other women, other men. Yeah, and uh, it uh, it it basically. Flooded everything back in, right? Because it was the same kind of encounters, right. and it was the same woman. Well, so let's let's talk about his. his... He, well, he did say that before he found the book, though he was getting little snippets of things, and he was feeling paranoid, like people were constantly watching him, and he didn't know why. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he said he saw the book somewhere, like like in an, an article or something, and, and he was it like, "I got." He's like, "I got to get this book," and that's when he found it, and that's when right. everything. Started coming into place. So here's my question, though, since since it took that long for him to really recall all of this, I wonder if the years because when it tells you like what encounter number, it gives you a uh-huh. year date at right, the bottom. Right. I wonder if that's like a guesstimate, or if maybe he did, you know, like oh, write it point. down. Yeah, he is pretty well. I th- uh, did did he have some kind of. Uh, Hypnosis regression thing. Uh, if if he Not, has, they hasn't said. It hasn't okay. talked okay. about yeah, it. Yeah, they haven't talked about it. Uh, it kind of seemed like they were hinting at it for a second w- because of the guy's book. Right. right. The, yeah. The one author was, and he had done a transcript, like a, a tr- that type, of, like hypnotic, whatever tr- uh, regression yeah. therapy. So, yeah. Yep. That. I think on the documentary so far, we're we're up to the like sixty six or something like that. In his encounters, yeah, well, we're in the well, we're well, in the late sixties, right? And. His first encounter was like in 1951, right? Mm-hmm. And he's estimated. I think we're estimating. Let's just call it estimating uh-huh. about 40 some odd encounters right. in those years, right? And we're at the point where he didn't have any contact for a long time. But here's a couple of things I wanted to bring up real quick. Okay, he got uh, sprayed with some kind of blue liquid, right? Mm-hmm. Right, and 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 it evaporated or something. In his second encounter with the mantis, he it was like a blue. Well, that one guy. Liquid. Okay, yes. so that one guy that he was like. Melting green. What? What? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? On there. Melting no one melted. Green. Yeah, it was. Yeah, in the very beginning. That was a movie. Don't, don't get me lying. Yeah. That was probably one oh, of the movies. Oh, was it probably scene. the movies? Oh, okay. <laughs> melting green. I was like, what in the hell is she talking about? I don't remember a melting green character. Um. Well, okay, and then one of his other encounters, he had a, a, a rod shoved up his nose by the woman. By, yeah. yeah. They, yeah. they tagged him like they do quail and other things. Well, okay, so this all happened before his first sexual encounter yes. was even brought up. Right. It makes me... And, and here, okay, I've got two questions with this. One, is this getting him ready to where they can... Uh, like when he's ready to mate? Yeah, to make him like... But mm. why was it painful? I just I oh, can't wrap my his, head around. His sex experience was painful. Like we don't know. We don't know what a, a alien vagina is like. <laughs> well, a painful is not the way I, that I, I, I barely know what a regular one. Is. <laughs> Thank you for that. Never mind. I, just, so, I withdraw my question. But so I I have that thought, and then my other thought is: Do they speak English? Are they speaking to him in English, or is this all like communicated he, telepathically? Yeah, I'm gonna guess telepathically because he's never. I, you know, I don't know. 
So my things, he says that he he hears voices tell him. Oh yeah, yeah he does. Yeah, he does. okay. But, so but it would still, be telepathic. But still, if you're looking the other way and I'm talking to you, I'm not talking to you telepathically. You're just not seeing me talk. I just think it's funny though that he doesn't have any like actual video. Well, it's the so f- far. It, most it's of it, so this far is back. this is before really anyone has home video equipment. Yeah, fifties and sixties. And- oh okay. Well, that's another thing that like kind of <sighs> caught me. Like this all happened like way before he like before like this stuff is popular i feel like yeah well well, not only that but you also have to remember if he's not remembering it when it happens how's he gonna know to grab a recorder or or even or even write down a journal you're right right. and another thing is is arrowheads oh that's a i had that was one of a thing i wanted to bring up too Uh i'm glad you said that because uh, it always happens with arrowheads well I, i was wondering I think there's something tied with uh, the Native American community and aliens in, in some some stories and stuff. Like, some, certain cultures, Yeah, yes. some people try to make ties to Native Americans and aliens. So I wonder if he's, he's got a little bit of Na- Native American I in him. I want to say the Hopi tribe is, is a, one that's really big on their, their belief system involves sky people. Right. You so, would know that. So it makes me wonder if there's something there. Um, but we didn't talk about the the other alien beings. So there's a bunch of greys. There's yeah. they're greys the with greys. the workers or yeah. what they call the, them. The almond eyes. Right. Um, the typical black. Yeah, your typical gray. Uh-huh. Little but greys. The woman. The woman has black hair, and she's the one that I guess is. Yeah, no, she's a matured gray. Crescent. Her name's Crescent. Crescent. Yeah. And uh, she has a, a a female human body. Yeah. So but she, an alien she's head. got yes. yeah. She's got boobs. She has everything. Right. Flesh. Everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. And apparently she uh, had a ton of his children. Like a room full, <sighs> and, and they were all just chilling there, dead looking. Yeah. So he said that he went to sleep, or he there's a he was talking about the wall opened up, and she was like, "The babies are dying. The babies are dying." Right. And he went to sleep and ended up there. So it makes me wonder if it's uh, a different astral plane. Like, it's yeah, n- dude, that's a good point. He did say it's like, oh, I can't come over, and he like fell asleep and went over. It's like, mm-hmm. well, here's my thing too. Um, so the whole entire time, like he is um talking with them, uh-huh. like whenever his baby is going to die or whatever, like he's like, yeah, they said no, 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 no. Well, you would think that aliens have a different language. Well, that's what I was saying. Are they speaking with him telepathically? Or is the the bluish stuff that they sprayed on him have something to do with being able to communicate with them? Oh, or the see, thing I up the nose? I even thought about that. Right. Um, oh, I was going to ask one more, one more thing. And also, every time that he goes over there, like he's naked. Okay, I did notice that. So like, they, why is he always do naked? Do they take him from... Like, when you come from your consciousness of, like, being asleep in a dream, are you automatically naked? Or, like... Is it the soul only that's traveling? Right. And the soul's naked? down and dirty? Well, he was getting down and dirty. No, right. here's... This is what I was thinking about a second ago. That that mantis-looking yeah. uh, alien is mm-hmm. in a, a bunch of his paintings. And all it's of his all sexual of encounters, it's always standing in the background. It's like it's her handler. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe ac- yeah actually. Or, or, or a bodyguard or oh, something. <laughs> sorry. Well, okay, sorry. so here's my thing, too. I'm sorry. What makes him so special and what makes Crescent so special that they allow such close contact? Because they usually don't allow that close contact. Well, maybe, they, have, maybe they haven't speculated that on the thing yet. 
Yeah, we you maybe know what I mean? okay. we haven't got. Have you to... watched the documentary? No, I've, I've never seen this, but whatever lies. <laughs> I promise you, I haven't seen this one. I'd like to. I'd like to sit here and say yes, I have, but I haven't. Well, do we want to get back into it and see where where it leads us? Yeah, because mm-hmm. now we're going to get into his paintings. I yeah, because they've showed a bunch he's of his really paintings. He's a really good painter, though. Yeah. yeah. He does. He shows expression like crazy. He's it, got it, a bunch of paintings. And it's telling the story. Yeah. And yeah. He's doing a really good job of telling the story. Right. And and he oh we, he went to, uh, he left home and, and moved, is that where he moved to Jersey? At 19, he Hoboken, left Georgia. New Jersey. Right. And uh, he ended go. up uh, <laughs> enrolling in an art class. and, and it, was like an, it was like some kind of amateur art thing. The Legion? Yeah, is yeah. That- uh, some amateur art league oh, or whatever. When the aliens stopped uh, communicating with them, because they were coming almost nightly, it, sa- it sounded like. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. getting the booty all night. But well, now he that, had a room full of babies. N- now that the aliens <laughs> have kind of left him alone for a little while, he's uh, married. He's got a kid named Michael. Yes. Um, and, and now we're about to get into and the painting section. he's becoming paranoid because they're coming back. Yeah. Like, oh, you moved on? Yeah, Just so, kidding. Yeah. So as of right now, he's married. He has a... Sp- he has a child named Michael, and all these memories are starting to flood back. Right. Okay. We're going to get back into it. All right. We will be right back. And again, we are starting at... 2857. 2857. So hit play if you're listening now, and pause on us. <laughs> all right. We'll be right back. Nature of the Beast. Discover the ugly truths and dark secrets of true crime, the paranormal, the occult, and conspiracy. Join your guides for weekly episodes and face the true nature of the beast. So we just finished Love and Saucers, and what do you think? Where, where, where do we want to start with this? Wow. My mind is blown. How do y'all feel about this? Uh, D- for me personally, very unique. I never really heard that this was even a thing, honestly. I, I've heard of a couple of different stories of um, sexual encounters with right. uh, uh, alien beings. Usually, though... It's, what do they, you they, Google, sir? They take you up. <laughs> hey, out of my Google history. Usually in those in Go those stories, jail. though, they're being taken up to the ship and things happen and then they're brought back down. And well, this guy has like an entire you know, relationship with one in his apartment, you know. Yeah. Now, uh, there's a lot of weird to it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But like we were talking about earlier, it happened before, like, there was a big uh, UFO phenomenon. and Or VHS boom. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and even some of the people in the documentary are like, look, we don't think that he is inspired, his story is inspired by the movies that his right. thousands of DVD, er, <laughs> VHSs. Right. But we think because... it is. Well, they think that it's he has a giant collection because, because of, of the that. encounters. Right. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, that's what they said. That's what, that's yeah. what they said. I know, but I'm saying, like, I don't think so. You think, like, you, you, think you believe it's, it's the other way around? I believe he watched them, and then he started having encounters. Started having what? Encounters. Encounters. <laughs> Excuse me. I have hiccups. So he had he had about, like, 100 paintings or so, and, and there's a, a gallery at the end of it, mm-hmm. uh, but mm-hmm. we were on the section of paintings when... 
when uh, we were coming back in a minute ago. Yeah. He has a bunch of paintings. A lot. And he even has that one that's like seven foot tall of the giant woman. So there, yeah. there was, That he also had sex with. Yeah, so there was more than one being that he was having sex with. And he has the big old painting with getting just around. the eyes. Just the yeah. eyes of the woman. They, that he, one's a really nice one, too. The eyes. Pretty. That yeah, one's, like that one's one that you can buy on that Love and yeah, Saucers. It. It's called uh, Her Eyes. Mm-hmm. It's like $60, I guys. Don't want a repaint. <laughs> it's on sale. It's originally 75 Oh. It was 65 but you were close. Uh-uh. Oh. <laughs> Okay, my bad. I apologize. You're I... trying to be all smart and Ooh, she she plowed Quit through. Trying it. to call her out, Jesus you Christ! Just at least let me have knew. it. Yes, and, then, and knew. then our listeners are going to go be like, "Oh, I really want that painting or that?" Because print. they're probably going to listen two weeks, so it doesn't matter. Sixty dollars anyway. on a picture of some alien chick's <laughs> eyes. I don't think five dollars is going to make a difference. Yeah. Just, so you should just let me have it. <laughs> uh, they interview his son. Uh huh. Um. And his son was like, "Yeah, this none of this affected my childhood." Right. He uh, probably didn't know what to think as a child of what it was going on. But you know? it's not. That's whenever he was married to a lady, and it's not the same. Like it has nothing to do with the outer space lady. He's had a he had a son here on Earth. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 His Earth son. Yeah, Michael. Yeah, Michael. I wonder when uh, he. Broke the story to him, like, hey, you know, they never said how your dad's old he a was. weirdo, yeah. and he's like, he goes, I just put it really like lightly <laughs> and stuff. So I would assume, you know, he was like a small child. Daddy was affected yeah, but like, by when, an alien. When was it like? I wonder when it was fully come out. Like, hey, hey this is what happened when I was younger. I think uh, when he started painting and stuff, and I'm sure his son was like asking oh. questions while I was painting. See, I've got a. I've got a couple of odd questions about the uh, the timeline because right. it's it's it, I'm not saying it's sketchy. I just got confused, right? Because they weren't specific with it. Like it was it was like when did he start remembering everything compared to when he started painting and sketching? Uh, because there's one part where he's like, "Well, this is my first painting," but then there's another part where he's like, "Well, this is my first sketch of when." Uh, did we talk about the ba- all the babies he had? Yes. Yeah. He had hundreds of babies and yeah, stuff. Like yeah, like they were all lined up against the walls, according to his paintings. And he touched mm-hmm. every one of them to bring them all back to life, because mm-hmm. he had a bunch of dead alien babies. And she yeah. was like, don't worry. And when he thought that his one baby was dead, she was like, no, 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 no. And somebody, another alien brought him into the room and was like, no, he's alive. He's good. Yeah. I, it... Well, but like, so back to your, like, your timeline thing, like, I get kind of where you're coming from, because at one point, they said, or he had said, like, he saw that one Doctor Who movie or whatever, and he was like, it brought back memories, and he started remembering these things. Which I guess it would make sense if he was eight when he was first abducted. Right. But then, so then, he's reading that book, or whatever, and, and that supposedly brought all of these memories back. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, I could see the book Maybe being... Maybe he's having night terrors? It, it's possible. But, you know, he never mentioned that, though. He never mentioned... There's a couple of things that sound kind of sleep uh, paralysis-like. Would you admit to it? Okay, here's Uh, here's one of my big points that I was thinking about. If Uh, you can make money off of it, would you admit to it? But that's the thing. He's not making money off of it. And they even even said that. Or reputation. He's making a reputation for himself. Really? But at 70-something years old. Well, that's just now. But back then, we don't know... There's a huge time lapse okay, Re- of what's going on between. Let, let's say the, the reputation thing, because 
if if I'm going to admit that I've had sex with aliens uh-huh. since I was 17 and now I'm 72, well, at least from, from the 50s, starter. Right. for 50 years I had sex with aliens, yeah, people are going to immediately judge you and say, wacko. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. So I don't think that it's a... Uh, well, but he was like in the 60s and 70s, so then they were the curiosity bunch, so it's like... I don't think so. I don't. I think so. Not in, maybe not in this case. I don't think. No, I. I, I think in in any on how era you you're gonna look because weird. he's That's already a writer. He wasn't like, a writer. Well, he was writing. He, he was said, writing his story. He right. Was, well, but that didn't say that he was writing a story. It just said that he had background in. No, he didn't. No, he he's not. He didn't write anything. It was his neighbor that wrote that book about his paintings. And then he was writing the story, the script, the script right. for, for his story. He was handwriting it. That's right. the only writing experience he had. Right. That was the only time. That was the only writing. Okay. That well, let's doing. just say that you're like, we're all together, right? And I mean, we're all conspiracy crazy people. But let's just say that you have this story, uh-huh. and you can work it up. Like, I mean, you can say, "Well, I knew a guy who." Did this, 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 and this. He doesn't necessarily have to portray himself in that. So you're saying he's. He could have. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he could have. He could have just said, hey, I know a guy who this. Like just see the, the people's water. reactions. Well, and then went on with it. That's what I was getting at a second ago is like, why would he go out this far and show these very uh, personal moments? Like, mm-hmm. I. I I, I mean, have... I could see him now because he's 72 years old yeah, and but... he has no, I mean, there's no upward, it's just out. But he, he risked his marriage to tell her and it, it fell apart. That, that's a, that to me yeah, is a pretty big Yeah, but then again, he got to live right. 20 years with her. That's true. Yeah. But... He, the, just because he the... wasn't married, married to her, he still was living with her. But still. In the documentary, it said, at the very end, it said that he has been living with his wife for the last 20 yeah. years. Right. Even I though mean, they're not married. So... And she, she didn't want to have anything to do with any kind of interviews. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Yeah. When it showed her picture, and it was like that she uh, declined. Every every attempt at an interview. Which we'll get to. So what are, our, uh, what are our thoughts? Do we believe this uh, documentary? Uh, who wants to go first? Do we believe in David's story, we should say? Not in the documentary. The documentary is real. <laughs> yeah, the do- I'll documentary go first. Happened. It's pretty far-stretched, but, like, I know I hate to say this, but I'd probably believe, like, the stone... Or st- Stan Romanek? Stan Romanek story more than Ugh. with this. See, yeah, I don't. I don't. I. The only difference between him and this guy is that this guy has kept it all behind scenes versus him bringing it all forth. I feel like... And whenever you keep it all to yourself like this guy has then there's more mystery and you have to kind of play it out for yourself and you don't know and yay or nay like is it good or is it bad or do you believe it or do you not so right kind of keeps it open for you i feel like his this story was like y'all said like it's more unique in a lot of different ways and and he doesn't like it's not like he's it's not like played up like he's trying to get attention or anything like that it's just like hey this is what happened to me the only difference is paintings that's it no No. but he's not trying to make a big uh, hoorah about it like he's he's are paintings and videos but they're in a different time it's not like well and that's another thing is you know all of this stuff like that he that's been happening to him like it wasn't when it was like 
the cool thing. Like, oh my god, I got abducted by an alien. Like, look. Well, okay, but wait, it was the cool thing when he finally admitted to it. Well, so but he so it happened when he's eight. But that's just what he said. But he went on to say, like, he told us that, like, it was just not something... He told it between the 60s and the 70s, which was the it thing. That's Woodstock, that's... I don't... I still don't think... Being abducted or or having sex with aliens is... I don't think that's something that, even today, I don't think... No, but it was something that was different from what was going on in the world, and so... I have no idea what point you're trying to make, because I just don't really think that that would be something that you would... Like openly broadcast. Yeah, it, people have trouble even when you ask someone about if if they've had any ghostly paranormal experiences or UFO experiences, they'll be like, "Yeah, but I don't know for sure if this is what it was." Like they or they, they look at you, or they look at you like you're nuts. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like telling someone like, for example, like the picture that he painted of like him having to whatever in a bowl. <laughs> that was my I favorite. Even, I can't even say it. Um, like I, I feel like it would be hard enough to say, oh yeah, uh, these because two hot you never had that one friend me. that was so outrageous that they told the most outrageous story. Like that's what that I'm. Be you. That's what I'm getting at. Like you had that one person who said, "This is what happened to me." Blah blah. Whether you believed it or not, but they told right. that outrageous story. Well, like I just, I don't know. I like today, even today, like talking about like sex and stuff like that. It's like it's. I feel like it's still very like taboo i guess so sex with an alien is even it's even more like don't you're not gonna speak of it right uh, that's just kind of how i i don't know i i no one wants to admit that they got probed by an alien like right so I mean, just... why are they gonna be like well i had a bunch of children with so i had a room full of babies it's, it's difficult to find people who want to even admit seeing ufos yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. You know, let alone admitting to wanting to, you know, or not wanting to, but having sex with, or even being abducted by. And it's like, I mean, it, it is. I mean, he ha- basically had like a second life, mm-hmm. you know, during the night in his sleep, or you know, ha- whatever, however it worked for right. him. So he's either he's either telling a really good story, or he genuinely believes these things happen to him. And I feel like it's the latter. Like, I think that he genuinely believes it. And I can see why. And it's like he goes into such detail. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and but it, and it's not like Stan Romanek was just obnoxious with it. <laughs> like, it just, it, oh, it irks it, me. It, it was, yeah, with Stan, there were too many really great stories. And he had all this proof, but all the proof disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, well, and it's just. And, you know, and crap. also with, and also with Stan, he was, he knew that he was special and this and that. This guy, it's, this guy, he, he they asked him, what, why do you think you? And he it, goes, I, I don't know. I'm I've not, never, spe- like, I'm, I'm not, not special. special. I'm yeah. not an important person. Like, I don't even know what that is. Right. And right. Stan was like, no, I must be special. They call something I'm, about I'm me. I'm so smart. Yeah. They call like, me Starseed. Anyway, it's not the bash stand story. No, um, but sorry. I just feel like right now, so far with with this little uh, side project that uh-huh. we're doing, uh-huh. we we've got a good scale. We have the stand Ro- extraordinary, the stand Roman X being on one side of the scale, and then right. this one being on the opposite side of the scale of like whose and, story do you, are you? And gonna you believe? watched that other one, which one with Zanger? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the felt, curse of the man who saw UFOs. Were you? genuinely this one this this feels like that story okay uh it, it feels like it falls on the same scale of like 
I he, mean, he seems like he genuinely had these encounters. It's it, it's hard to believe, but you he's genuine and he mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't look like he's trying to make a quick buck. Right. So you, I don't know. You just you feel like you hate to not believe him. Is right. how I feel about this about that story. Mm-hmm. Stan Romanek, you it's it's hard and, to and believe he, that one because there's so many inconsist, inconsistencies. It's, and it's so, I mean, he's just and, so showy with it. Yeah, and, and, and he's admitted he, to making stuff up. So, right, right. You know, but this guy, you know, if you want to sit there and go, well, he's selling the paintings. He's trying to make money. Give give me an artist that doesn't sell their prints. Right, and I mean, and, and like I said, like I mean, other than take away the UFO aspect of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Take take you know put ordinary faces on all his characters and he's trying to sell it. How's that any different than it's any other artist he's trying? To... Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So so if you want to say he's trying to make a quick buck now, you're gonna have to say that about every artist who's trying to sell their stuff. Right. You know it's just he he's telling a very very unique story in well, the, in his paintings and like everyone that came on was just mm-hmm. very like. They liked him. Yes. He's, you know, really humble and, mm-hmm. like, down to earth mm-hmm. and, you know, all this stuff. It, and I just, it is. It's like, it's, it's, it would suck to not and, believe him. And you could tell that a few of them were very nervous to even talk to. Right. Like, the owner, this. like the owner, the, oh, the, the mm-hmm. deli, he did not look like he wanted to be on camera very well. No. He was like, and the guy, the kid on the steps. The steps, yeah. Yeah, I say kid. Yeah. He wasn't a kid, but right. the guy. Right. And then the rest of them were they were they weren't stroking uh, the guy's ego like they did with Stan, but they were like, "Look, this this guy genuinely yeah. believes this is what's happening," mm-hmm. you know. And they they referred to him as sincere and, and right, just a good guy. So overall. you're you're more on the scale of believe in his story because that's I'm on that side, but it's truthfully it, I'm on the fence about it. I mean. I, I feel like I believe him more than I don't believe him. Right. 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 So, I don't know. He just seems more humble than, yeah. than some of the ones who... I think it would be easier to be like, yeah, absolutely, I believe him if it wasn't something so out there. Yeah. And he's now he's 72, and he's like, I don't I don't care what people think. I, yep. I really don't. They can believe me or don't believe me. That's right. kind of his that's, attitude. That was, that was what he... That's kind of what he said in the gallery. You yeah. Know, after the gallery, he was like, they can believe me if they want. I'm not going to force them to believe me. He, right. He... He he kind of seemed surprised and happy about the gallery thing. Like I don't yeah. know if that's something he had ever done before, but he was like really. I was actually kind of surprised with how they were reacting in the gallery. There there were more like genuine interest than people, yeah, lots like, of questions. Exactly. Than, I don't know. You know curiosity. But then again, it's New York ish. Hoboken. And there, uh, people in bigger cities seem to be seem to be more open to odder things than. Hey, right. don't hate on the small towns, sir. I'm not hating on small towns. I'm just I'll, saying. I'll get you. I'm just saying Joe Redneck may not be too keen hey. on uh, <laughs> on being abducted by aliens. He's probably soon. He's Abraham. probably one of the ones that was abducted by aliens. Uh, God, it seems to be what they put on TV in, in interviews. <laughs> Is I saw that UFO over there. Me and Jimmy were there. We were just Let me tell you about it. And this bright light came down and did it took Billy. <laughs> so, well, how, even though topic, even sorry. though Billy got drunk and fell into the water, you know, the, yeah. the creek. Hey, you know, yeah. hey, now. How about we Don't take a break? Okay, and uh, we'll talk some more when we come back. Right, that sounds good. All right, we'll awesome. finish it up. We'll be right back.
From Apple products to Zelda games, and from aliens to zombies, we are Double Density. Tech Tales and Paranormal Primers with your hosts, Brian and Angelo. New episodes every Wednesday. DoubleDensity.net And we are back, and we have a special guest with us now. Will you please introduce yourself? Yes, I'm Brad Abrahams, and I directed and edited Love and Saucers. Ooh. Yay! So we have the man behind it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on with us. Very cool. So this is very neat, since this is only the second episode of this kind of series. We have someone that's made the thing. Right. So we have a bunch of questions. And, Fire and away. I, I hope you have a lot of answers. <laughs> I only have one, and apparently Toby has it too. Basically, what I'd like to know is how did you hear about this guy, and why did you want to cover a documentary about him? Well, uh, how I heard about him was uh, it was back in 2012 or 2011, and I was listening to a slew of random podcasts I had loaded up my iPhone on because I was on a like almost multi-day cross-country bus trip. Gotcha. And um, one of them was was interviews with, uh, I think, a psychologist that works with abductees. And so he's describing some various like famous cases. And then he mentioned offhand uh, a guy from Hoboken who has fathered hundreds of space babies across the galaxy. And obviously that stuck in my head. And as soon as I like was able, I started trying to find out about this guy. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know he did like paintings at this point or anything. It was just literally that one line. That one um, line about space babies. And that, yeah, and I was that, like, that, that just yeah. sounds. I feel like that yeah. would anyone's attention. True, that, <laughs> hundreds of space babies. Right. Yeah, and the fact that that like his case was the one that they found like too ridiculous even for them, and this was like a you know UFO abductee podcast. Right. So yeah, I wanted to find out more. Like you know who is this man? Is he crazy or not? And, uh, I actually couldn't find anything out about him because he, uh, like so few people these days has no internet presence. Right. Um, he's not that old, but he's just never embraced the technology. Okay. So I ended up tracking down a neighbor of his and, uh, she had actually done that, that book photo book of his paintings mm-hmm. and she gave me his home phone number. I called him, uh, introduced myself, said I wanted to to possibly make something I'm not sure you know what it is yet and just from the start he was he was open and willing and and ready right yeah he seemed very uh very open in in the documentary too and that's one thing I liked about it was you just let him tell his story mm-hmm. yeah which was yeah. great you know whereas most documentaries they te- they tend to lean one way or another um either pro or against but I like that you just let him tell a story. It was, it was, it was very really... natural. And just... Right, right. Yeah, cool. I think with, with something, with a story that's, that's uh, this bizarre mm-hmm. and unfathomable in, in nature, if you, if you try and do it any other way, um, it goes over the top. And the last thing I wanted to do was to ridicule because that's, you know, what everyone's probably doing anyways. And I also right. didn't want to be like an advocate 
for him because that's not like really documentary filmmaking right. at that point. Well, you pulled you pulled that off very well, I thought. Dude, I thought Thank it was you. very well done. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, I've I've got a big list of, of stuff, and they're not in any kind of particular order. I wish I would have wrote them. I was just writing them down as as I was thinking of them. How many paintings did he do? I mean, and I know he's probably still doing paintings and stuff. Uh, uh, is he? Do you have a round number of of how many he had at the time? Yeah. So I, he doesn't even know how many he has, but I'm I'm hovering around like 150. Jeez. Yeah. And I think, and, that, I think yeah. that's what was said in the documentary too. He had about 150. Yeah. And you um. You know, my first impression when I when I first visited him at his his house and walked into that studio room is just like aghast. Like there's every like surface in that room is stacked like five to ten paintings deep and they're all faced away, like facing the wall. Mm -hmm. So you can't really like see what any of them are until you start flipping them back and flipping them back. And every time I've gone over the last several years, I always see paintings I've never seen before. Now, does he sell those paintings, like the original paintings, or does he does have uh, kept every one of them? He he had kept them until uh, we started making the film, or until the film was was nearing completion. And as his story got out, and especially since we did that that gallery show that's in the film, right. people have been wanting to buy them. And at first, we actually had to convince him to sell them. Um, he had just never even thought of it before. One because he he'd never thought about even exhibiting them um and ha- so how would anyone really see them right. but um he could obviously like use the money he he works one day a week and is on a, a pension um and then he decided that he would just if he would sell a painting then he would just repaint it so he would not really lose it so, <laughs> so they're all everything he sells is original works of his yeah no yeah well we we uh we we started because it's even if you do want to buy one of his print, uh, his originals, it's mm-hmm. difficult. Like you have to go to his house in Hoboken. So we decided to like pick our favorite six, and we started selling prints online and then giving him a percentage. Yeah, we we talked about uh, the uh, Love and Saucers website and, mm-hmm. and the prints that were available on there uh, <laughs> earlier. Uh, so if if you're wanting a print, that's where you so go. Love and saucers. It's not original. It right. is a print. Yeah, yeah. It says yeah. it's a print on there. Yeah. Um, unless you want to go to his house. And, <laughs> yes. And even then. He... And you know what? He seems <laughs> nice enough that he would be like, okay, yeah, sure. And you know, he would talk to you. But I don't. I don't recommend our listeners just go knock on his door <laughs> randomly. Right. Right. Um, does Does he have any other paintings that he does, or is that mostly all his work? Yeah, he he has some like just strictly landscape and and oh, still lives. Yeah, I forgot yeah. that that was said in the documentary. Okay. Yeah, yeah and beginning. yeah, that was mostly before he started painting the encounters. I don't know if he still does that. Okay. Now he he does say uh, that uh, he he made up his own uh, painting of of a scenario, I guess, and I, I guess uh, the. Uh, what was her name? I've, I've already forgot Crescent. it. Crescent. Crescent. Crescent was came and, and, and was yeah upset with them for for doing that. Uh, yeah, I found it's it's like one of the most like sort of like funny and revealing parts of the film. I think for an audience because like supposedly like for most people like it's all made up, but <laughs> for him it was you know this one painting that he made up that <laughs> that they told him to destroy. Right. Real quick, did he ever reveal to you what the scenario was that he made up, or did he ever say what it was? 
No, and I think it was something like pretty mundane too. It was just like a painting of them in some yeah some kind of situation, and it just it was one that just never happened. And I, I just felt that was like a, a, an interesting revealing bit of info just for him to even say. Like you know he ne- yeah. he never needed to yeah. say that. Now with with uh, you know them actually staying in contact with him, uh, he talks about uh, having two bodies at one point. And we were kind of confused on that part, and especially the 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 story about um, uh, I forgot her name again, Crescent. Crescent. <laughs> I keep forgetting it. Uh, when Crescent, the the portal or the 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 wall opened up is how he put it, and Crescent was talking about the baby uh, not being okay or something. Mm-hmm. Is there some kind of like uh, astral projection type thing? I don't know. Is he like having an out of body experience? Because he said that or is he, he like sleep they, induced. They or? wouldn't let him go over, but he was like, uh, "Oh yeah," and so he fell asleep sleep. and went over. Yeah, and and I don't know if if that's what's. I hadn't actually thought about that. That when he's going over, he's maybe like inhabiting that other body, or you know, not not necessarily like physically there. I hadn't thought about that, but all he said about that other body is that you know they showed it to him. And he knows it's there, and sometimes he inhabits it. Huh. Maybe, it's like, maybe it is like astral projection. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. That's that's possibly, and and that's the thing with David. Like, he doesn't take it that step further of thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all you know, like completely like matter of fact ground level. So he wouldn't pro- he wouldn't think like that next step and thinking maybe that's that's kind of a projection. As opposed to actually physically being there. And and that's really kind of what helps his story. Uh, I feel like it it helps you lean towards, like, believing him. Because he's not just saying, like... He doesn't have an answer for everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and we we love the part where he's like, I don't know why it's me. I'm not special. He's, He's not trying to say, you know, like, oh, you know, I'm destined for great things or or... Anything like that. I'm going to repopulate this planet. (laughs) With alien hybrids. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, If anything, he's like, I've never really thought about it. I I don't know why. Yeah. You know. So I have this question, too. Uh, Did he ever explain how he was talking to these beings? Or was it telepathically? Was it... Because they, they know English and he can understand them. And I mean... Yeah, it seemed to be... He doesn't really – he can't say for sure that he was actually like vocalizing or that they were vocalizing. It was more like impressions. Right. Yeah. See, and, and we also talked about it just a few minutes ago. Um, so he talks about being uh, sprayed with the blue mist and uh, at one point early on when he was a child and then the rod that was rammed up his nose. Right. Uh, and he thinks that he was being tagged or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we're we're just we're saying that this is all true. We're not we're just speculating. It, could that? I mean, could it be something to where maybe he could understand them? Because I mean, we don't know if he was really having conversations with them before that, or if the the sexual stuff happened before that. But maybe that was some way to communicate with them properly, or even have the babies with him. It's possible. Um, I, I find that those little details, like the one-off details, like the the implant and that like blue liquid, those are sort of like the the outliers of the experiences. Like they're not very sort of practical evidence detail oriented 
things, you know, they're, Mm -hmm. they're like experiences. And I think that's what sort of differentiates it from stories and documentaries as well that, um, present a more evidence-based approach. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It just, because I think those were the only two times like anything was like done to him that. that Exactly. Right. Uh, done besides the, the sex. I know. I know. Addison was like, "Why was it painful it's for like him?" It shouldn't be painful. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, first first times can can be awkward. <laughs> yeah, kind of what I. That's said. what Rudy was saying too, and, and Addison was like, "But he's a guy," and I was like, "You don't know what an alien's insides are like." Right. You know? I withdrew the question. Guys. <laughs> yeah, we went on a completely different path than what we're doing now. So, yeah. yeah. Was... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> So did he ever like say that the uh, the sh- the short hairy creature and the uh, praying mantis had names or anything? Because he he communicated with uh, the praying mantis uh, creature a couple of times, and and the the little hairy one was telling him to come here. Or whatever, oh yeah, he was. Too. Yeah, he was able to. I didn't know if they had a name or anything, or if if he was just like, no, they're there and they watch and they're, they're just, just hang out. Yeah, yeah. None of them had names. Even Crescent, he named her, and I think he. It seemed like you know individuality wasn't a big part of the their culture. Gotcha. Although, so there were like many greys, and there were many of the women, but there seemed to only ever be one hairy guy, one <laughs> one like mantis guy, and one tall guy. And the mantis was always watching. <laughs> yes, he's he's like uh, the sort of pervy chaperone. <laughs> Like, a, like her handler. Yes, yeah. She said a handler earlier, and I was like, "Yeah, right. I mean, I guess that could be the case." Yeah, I was thinking bodyguard or something, but right. I uh, forgot what I was going to ask. I'm sorry. I'm so uh, I had to throw it out there. No, no, no. That's perfectly logical that that she'd have to have a handler when dealing with us humans. <laughs> yeah, and I think he he got the impression that that the mantis was the one who was in charge and made all the decisions what as about, well. What about the one with the top knot? thing yeah head. <laughs> yeah he um i guess he was sort of like a, a fatherly type figure pretty benevolent but but um imposing i think he said he was he felt like he was the leader yeah yeah um In but the he didn't he didn't seem to have too many um experiences with him right right but yeah there was there was that guy and then the little hairy dude the mantis and then the the amazonian grays and then the little grays yes exactly now he had sexual relations with uh, more than a, just Crescent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know about how many uh, he? Uh... I, I think it's countless, <laughs> endless. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of paintings where it looks like there's a lot of uh, interesting uh, experiences, mm-hmm. interesting but, scenarios. Yes, and I know you want to bring it up. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, you know the 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 bowl. The bowl. Yeah. <laughs> See, he do. <laughs> The the bowl was the yeah. most interesting out of all of them, I think. Very unique, for sure. It yeah, and mean. and it, oh, yeah, it, and it. Um, we only saw it or discovered it on our like last trip there, uh-huh. and like when we when I pulled it out, like uh, me and the the two other crew guys, like our jaws just sort of hung open, right? And we're like, oh, <laughs> I can what's going on here? And why you'd want to showcase it a little bit because you're like. Tell us this. <laughs> What's yeah, and <laughs> and David, like, uh, you know, 
to his credit, like he's not phased at all or doesn't seem to be like too embarrassed about these things. And that's that's something that Kripal, I didn't put it in the film, uh-huh. but um, he talks about in these sorts of experiences, the, the criterion of embarrassment, where if if um, something isn't integral to your story uh, and it's very embarrassing, you're not going to bring it up. Uh, just because we don't want to openly embarrass ourselves if we're making something up. Um, and so it must be integral to these, that experience and others must be integral to David's story for him to, to so openly share it, even though it's, you know, I would <laughs> probably never share a painting like that of me in a similar situation. Well, you got He's also 72 years old. He's probably at a point to where he doesn't really care what he says. That's true. You know, yeah. So, you know, I'm pushing 40 and I'm getting to that point to where I don't care what right. I say. So I can imagine what 72 would be like. Rudy's about 10 years away from just walking around naked all the time. I feel like he was always kind of right there, though. Yeah, you, you were you're about negative five <laughs> into that pool already. But no, that's that's kind of what I was saying mm-hmm. uh, right before we got on the, the phone with you. Uh, I, I felt that was a big point, like. If if these aren't true, he's putting himself out there mm-hmm. uh, just to make himself possibly look foolish, you know, to the average Joe that's not into this kind of thing, you know. Uh, so I, I think that was a, a really good point that you made it too. And right. I, <laughs> right. I was actually surprised about how open people were at the gallery. Yeah. Yeah. Were, were there more? Were there parts that you didn't want to put in? Were there were there mocking and, and sneers? That no, no, n- not at all. Yeah, it was wow. actually just more of the same or even sort of more extreme. And I didn't want it to seem like fawning. Right, and I think right. it's I think it's one like it's the crowd. It's like the, the younger New York art art scene crowd. Kind of the and yeah, and they're, you know, open to weird things. Right. And also, I think once you meet David and start chatting with him, I think his um, his openness disarms you and and you feel probably more comfortable to share things. Oh yeah. You could definitely tell in the, in the documentary mm-hmm. that he was more than willing to share his story. Yeah. When they were asking the questions. Exactly. Yeah. I've got, I've got one more. It's a, it's kind of an odd question, but I got one more question and then I want to, I want to talk about specifics on the film itself. Uh, and it, did he live with his wife? Cause at the end, it said he still, he still does. Yeah, his ex-wife. ex-wife. I, let me yeah, ex So he still does live with his ex-wife for like 20 plus years. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. but she declined any kind of involvement in the in the film. Yeah, and it wasn't for lack of trying. Um since the beginning I asked I asked her like 10 times and uh she it was just a flat no every single time at just not wanting to aren't up for like publicity. <sighs> Yeah, I think it was honestly, I mean, maybe that was it, but I think it was honestly more of her, you know, this is a, a probably like a painful part of their history and not something that she wants to like continue oh, to feed yeah. into. You got to understand yeah. like this guy lost his virginity yeah. to this woman. Exactly. Uh, and to think that <laughs> she would never amount to that woman. Well, and I remember she, him she saying had, he had what walls for Full of babies with this woman, yeah. <laughs> right? And I mean, so yeah. she already is probably at a 
standstill on how she feels mentally exactly and about it all because mm-hmm. it was yeah. it was a couple months later that they divorced right after he announced it to her well yeah i mean that's what i, I remember him saying like he had started to like try to explain it to mm-hmm. her and she just wanted nothing to do with it right. she was just like, exactly well, I mean, you gotta think it's like one thing to admit hey you have been having an affair with a alien two you have a wall full of babies with an alien <laughs> And, and then, and then, and then three like you're painting pictures. Yeah, of it, you know? right. I mean, uh, yeah. something I mean, so it's, very it's real. A very touchy subject. I mean, he is honestly lucky that she has stuck with him, even if she is not married with him, but living with him. Like, yes, exactly. Very, he is very lucky. Like that. Yeah. That really. Because all me. it takes is one thing of, hey, guess what? I lost my virginity to a alien. What? <laughs> and we've been Divorced. having a, a relationship no. for many, many years right. afterwards. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like living a double life. And, I mean, you can either be sane and deal with it or you can and say, oh, yeah, well, he's, still, he's living a double life. Or you can be sane and deal with it as in it you feel like you're being cheated on. Right, yeah, yeah. By an alien at that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it's just... In all honesty, it gets to be serious, and it's like, okay. It's bad enough when it's another can woman. Can you share or can you not? <laughs> you can't yeah. compete with um, this mm-hmm. tall Amazonian alien. Right. And he's painting them. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you have... He's not painting pictures of his wife. He's painting pictures exactly. of an alien. Exactly. Do you have an estimate of like how many encounters he had he had, had before they kind There's of finally stopped? Yeah, I think it's... um. Uh, it's less than the number of paintings because sometimes he paints like five paintings will, will be one encounter. So okay. I think, I think it's probably like a hundred encounters wow. or so. Mm-hmm. Cause I know, I pretty sure on the documentary, you guys stopped doing that at like 40 70. something. Was it, yeah. <laughs> was it? Okay. Was yeah, it could have been. I thought it was. I thought the it was. last 76. number I noticed was 64. Was there some really good ones that, that you wish you could have included in the documentary? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that um, just hit the cutting floor just because of time or something? Yeah, there were some. Uh, it was mostly like I wanted to, since I was using the, the paintings as the main storytelling device in that section, it was it was going by like the strength of the paintings and the ones that I could photograph. And, and if there were like multiple paintings per encounter to really flesh it out. And also what would what would like propel the narrative or the story arc, which I sort of had had to impose onto it. Um, So yeah, others were, it wasn't that they weren't like interesting or, or spectacular. It just didn't, didn't quite fit. And I had to, you know, I just, I thought that it would just um, plot on too much if I, if I continued that section. And then he found the bowl. Wait. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) So, Whenever you're watching the um, documentary, is he does he seem more of an abnormal person than what y'all portray him to be in the documentary? Um, I no, I think it's it's like that it, it hasn't changed my my impression of him. Like he's um, chill no matter what. Sorry, what was that? He's pretty chill, like no matter what. Exactly. Like he's yeah, calm. yeah, yeah. It's yeah, exactly it. Yeah, he's it's it's actually pretty remarkable. How much of like a rock he is, and how over the years of of filming with him and chatting with him, nothing's ever changed. Like not one detail um, or recollection has ever changed. So, so no, no I, inconsistencies I, with the stories, basically. Yeah, okay. yeah, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, that actually <laughs> is. You usually find one or two with people who are making stuff up. So yeah, 
especially oh, okay, when so, he's mid seventies. So, mm-hmm. like when he was um, during his like abductions and everything, was there anybody else in the same vicinity that had the same like had abductions too? No, but just him. Like he yeah. was it, or was there like um, any other the stories one, within? Yeah, I um I did leave one story, and um it was during his time at the Art Students League. He started dating a girl named Adele from Winnipeg, Canada, and as things were sort of getting serious between them, one day he uh, noticed that she wasn't in class, and. You know, he asked, like, where's where's Adele? And someone said, oh, didn't you hear she moved back to Canada? Um, you know, basically without telling him. And so he started asking around and found out that apparently she woke up in the middle of the night to seeing, um, like, basically what were greys at the foot of her bed. And she freaked out so badly she, like, ran out, had someone, like, go check her apartment and then ended up leaving New York, which, which seems, I don't know. That sounds, I mean, it sounds, yeah, exactly. It's a, it's doesn't sound like the whole story. Like maybe that part did happen to her, which, which would be fascinating because it it would seem like then it would mean that, um, David's being kept away from having like normal relationships. But at the same time, I feel like something else must've been going on for her to, to move back to Winnipeg. He he did say in the documentary that he would when go he, on like a date, right? Then yeah, they would yeah. find something. Yeah, it was. Yes. It was never. There was never any second dates, right? His... And and the usual reason that they didn't want to go back out with him was that he was an artist. I do have a question. So, as a film director, like within your own realm, like how long did you spend on this? Like, how yeah. long were you away mm-hmm. from your family, and like how long did you oh. actually like? Um, because it's an independent film, like very, very low budget. And also because I would need to work most of the time, it would mean just visiting him for like a few days at a time over years. So like there was the first visit in like 2014 for a few days. And then the next visit was like 2016 for a few days. And then how old was he when you first started this? I guess like 72 or so. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it was just like every couple years, a few days. And then it started to like intensify as I knew, like we were going to actually finish the film. So I think in 2016, 2017, it was like four or five shoots, but it was just always a few days at a time. And and the reasoning is really just um, it's the only way to afford doing that when you don't have a lot of money. But I think it's good, too, because then it has sort of a longer arc and a longer scope. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it, it kind of caught me off guard at one point when he, he went from having the yes. beard <laughs> and, and, and yes. no beard for just a couple of scenes. And I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Was that yeah. <laughs> and now it's back again. And it was because it was like a, a heat wave in Hoboken uh, one of the summers. And it was he said it was too hot to have a beard. So he shaved it off. <laughs> So we did have kind of like a question. Um, I don't know if, if y'all asked it yet or not, but do you think as someone who was right there with him, do you think that any of his, I guess, his abductions had anything to do with what he watched as he was a child? Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, that was when I first visited him. Um, we We started filming in his studio, and then... 
uh, he invited me to like his room to, to take a look. And, and as I walked into that room, it was almost equally as, as shocking as his studio seeing like 2000 VHS tapes, like almost all yeah. the same genre. And, uh, you know, immediately I was like, well, there's, there's obviously a connection. And when I brought that up to him, he was like, Oh, I never thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and what, what Jeffrey Kripal would say is that, um, it's not just the science fiction movies that are influencing the experiences. It's, it's also the experiences that are influencing the science fiction movies and that, um, the grandfathers of science fiction, they had all had some kind of paranormal experience before getting into the field, like writing or making films or, yeah. It it could be something that makes them feel at ease at home. Like, like I kind of have these experiences. I know they're more horror and that like the aliens are, trying to attack or, or whatever it is, you know, the, the ants or the, the praying the mantis looking one. Like those, maybe when he watched them in the films, they're horror movies, but maybe when he was abducted, maybe it wasn't so much as horror as it was like a right. euphemistic kind of thing, like a yeah. calm yeah. situation. And, and, and I think it is totally possible that, that these movies sort of like something or another way of thinking about it is something did happen to him. Maybe they're triggering. Yeah, yeah, or they sort of fill in the blanks for him. Like something happened, and he doesn't know how to describe it. He doesn't know how to like see it or explain it. And the closest things that he has as a reference are something the contents in these movies. Yeah, yeah. I did like mm-hmm. the little bit you put in, like right after the credits, where he's watching. Oh um, yeah, what what movie was that? He was, was watching uh, Day the Earth Stood Still. Yes, and he goes, man, look. Oh, the uh, earthlings are the animals and they're the civilized ones and they exactly. just quits. Just, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, that's kind of that's kind of clever. I like that. Yeah, and it's just, you know, he's even though he's he's like a a really nice, friendly, easy to get along with guy, he is also like a lot of of artists and people who have had outlier experiences, like he's an he's an outsider. He's okay. a loner. Mhm. So I'm going to ask you a really 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 hard question. Um what about him do you think would make it to where he was the chosen one? Uh, um, no, that's super um, hard, or, but I yeah. mean, it's just like, you know, like, what about him after you spent time with him was like, you know, I get it. Or maybe it's, you know. Maybe it's this one quality about That him. one thing that you believed in it and you got it. Right. And, and maybe I would qualify by saying like not necessarily chosen one but chosen uh among like maybe many others because um he's not the only one that has has talked about experiences like these um but if it was i think it's it can be a few things and i'll start by by his own musing is that it's something to do with genetics um that that only some people are are compatible biologically to to procreate with them. Uh, so that's one. And another could be that they look for or target creative, like open creative people that are going to like accept these experiences, not freak out, not judge them, not go crazy, um, and actually be able to integrate them. And then, you know, in David's case, integrate them by, by painting and communicating that to the world. Yeah, because he seems very chill about the whole thing. Exactly, and I don't think I think I don't think many people could could so take it that way. Another thing that we noticed within the documentary was that, um, you know, you watch one documentary and they speak their own language, 
But in this documentary, it's as if they speak English just like yeah, us. Yeah, we, we talked about we, that yeah, a minute ago. Yeah, we covered it. Yeah. But we didn't... Oh, did y'all talk with him? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we, we're, still, we're still not sure, even, you know, asking again. He just, never... Whether it's telepathy or... or yeah, I, I think it was all communicated via, like, impressions. Right. Like, that kind of thing, though, he, it, he just never really goes into detail about. Correct. And it, and it's because he doesn't know or doesn't really like remember or isn't sure. Right. And, and, that and, makes sense. And he'll tell you, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. You know, okay. Like, so did y'all talk like about, about him? Like he doesn't mm. try to like bullshit his way out of things. Exactly. Which exactly. did y'all talk about? Like um, a bunch of the situations that he's in. It comes back to the um, Arrowhead. Oh, oh right. No, we didn't bring that up. Yeah. So a lot of times whenever he's in his documentary, he talks about an arrowhead and how it's back to his cultural, like, like grounds and everything like that. But like he said, he had some Native American oh, in him. Or yeah, something. and a lot of times, whenever it comes down to him being abducted, then he always has a dream with an arrowhead. Yeah, there, there was something weird with the arrowheads and 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 his abduction. Well, he yeah, he lived in an area in like rural Georgia where. Apparently, there may have been a tribe because he always found arrowheads. Right. And at one point, he said <laughs> he, he had got a collection. Digging, he thought that that's, yeah. 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 Yeah, and he, I think he's, like, legit, um, uh, like, a third Native American. And if you saw, like, that photo of his his um, mom, who's the one who is, I think, two-thirds, mm-hmm. um, she, she really does look right. that. And... He would think, I mean, he, he's, it's a stretch to say it, but he would think, you know, because the Native Americans had uh, a different conception of, um, like, there's not as hard a line between reality and, like, a spirit world or a mystical world, uh, and there's often talk of other beings from other places that maybe part of his openness was um, because of that, his connection to right. genetically that, that tradition. Right. Well... I think this is a great film. I think everyone should watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really interesting, if anything. Like just hearing him talk about it, seeing his paintings. Uh, I, I don't. I, I don't think he's out for sorry, any kind of money. I a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> I get excited and I'm like, oh, somebody who can actually answer my questions, who's been with that person and has. Yeah, I'm happy to. Them. Like it's. It's a whole different world for me. Well, he, does, he doesn't have to hang up after we get done recording. <laughs> yeah. I do have a sheet of paper. <laughs> You're about to drop your sheet of paper. But yeah, um, you know, uh, we, we really appreciate you coming on. Mm-hmm, and definitely. Uh, uh, like I said, everyone should go, you know, buy this movie. Uh, it's uh, super interesting. I'm, I'm glad I watched it. If yeah. you sure. use your voodoo credits <laughs> then you can definitely get the we 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 purchased it through voodoo uh try to okay get toby to get avatar no. so i get a five dollar back voodoo, voodoo credit. credit and he wouldn't let me because he does not want to watch avatar which if anybody's out there and you <laughs> feel that we should watch avatar together Girl, i just I want you to give a thumbs up really I, 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 got, I got a question for brad real quick yeah other than voodoo where else can we find your movie it's on a lot of platforms, but if you go to loveandsaucers.com, they're all linked there. So Amazon, iTunes, uh, Vimeo On Demand, Google Play, YouTube, Voodoo, and Fandango. Oh, Fandango. <laughs> Fandango. Yeah, yes. I saw that. There were quite a few places that you could get it. Yeah, 
and then um, in like a month, it'll be on Hulu. Oh, oh very oh, cool. Hey, there yeah. you go. That's yeah. awesome. But I'm mm-hmm. sure you'd appreciate people mm-hmm. buying a physical copy. <laughs> yeah, and, and all, oh, yeah, there's DVDs as well if, if people are still into it, I, having it. I Man, I, see, I'm, I'm going to end up growing up just like David because I have a wall full of DVDs right now. And yeah, it's, see, it's comic books, DVDs, right. video games. When it started, I was like, hey, Toby, does that look familiar <laughs> to you? <laughs> <laughs> and I wish I would have gotten it, a, a physical copy of it instead of – but I, I needed it sooner rather than, you know, waiting a, right. a week or two because we were really excited to watch this one once we heard about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So uh, and you, you're on Twitter. Uh, is there any other social media that they can they can follow? Yeah, both like Facebook. Yeah, Facebook, Twitter and YouTube. It, they're all love and saucers. And I post um, like paintings, uh, video clips, news and other fun things, usually regular. Yeah. Regularly, yeah. Okay. Do you have any projects that are upcoming that you want to talk about real quick? Yeah. Yeah, we're actually um, in early, early production on a feature-length cryptozoology film. Ooh. That, yeah. That's it's awesome. it's <laughs> It's called Cryptozoologist, and it's about the people who are, like, foremost in the field, and it takes a more sort of serious um, – even-handed approach to it like of course it's still gonna be like very quirky mm-hmm. and fun because you can't you can't get around that with these personalities but right. um <laughs> it's more it's more about like the field itself and and the history as opposed to a monster hunt oh, and we'll, we'll still go on awesome. yeah we'll still go on like expeditions but it's not there's not the goal of like finding something which is every other movie and every other show mm-hmm. and you know um, I feel Watch like hunters on, on yeah, travel channel or finding Bigfoot. yeah, finding yeah, Bigfoot. and th- those are fun, but like the sensationalism is is a bit like it wears on you, right? Very right. quickly, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's one of the the stories, and another is um, very early on uh, uh, conspiracy culture related. Oh man, project. Yeah. You're just you're just that's, tickling our ears right yeah, now. That's, that's, awesome. that's all. I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna have to add this guy on Twitter just so you know. Rudy, Rudy doesn't get on Twitter and, at all, so that's. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really understand it, but um, I'm gonna definitely have to go follow some things. Yeah, so uh, obviously we're gonna be yeah. uh, checking and out if, some of your later if, work too. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and uh, if if you guys do like cryptozoology, we the, the predecessor to this film, the the cryptozoology film, was a short that the same team did called Swan Song of the Skunk Ape, and it was our ode to the Bigfoot of South Florida, of the Everglades. Um, and that is, if you go on my site, bradabrahams.net, you can watch the whole film. It's just about 10 minutes. Awesome. I'm right. check that out. <laughs> so on March 10th, there's an event called Bigfoot Bonanza. Actually, it's March 10th, 11th, and 12th in San Francisco at the Balboa Theater. And it's three days of new and old Bigfoot Yeti and all sorts of other strange cryptozoological creature based films. And there's actually going to be some awesome speakers like Lauren Coleman, who's the the granddaddy of, of cryptozoology, Seth Breedlove, who's from small town monsters uh, and others. And uh, a short film I directed on the skunk ape is going to be playing as well as some sneak previews of our feature length cryptozoology film. Awesome. Very, very cool. Very cool indeed. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. And, and, uh, Thanks for having me. It was fun. Yep. We'd like to thank Brad for taking the time out of his day to talk to us about his documentary. Uh, make sure you go to loveandsaucers.com, as if we didn't say it enough. 
But we appreciate you listening, and we hope that you go check out the documentary. And if you do, we want to know what you think of it. You can get in contact with us on Twitter or Instagram, at Secret Transpod. We are on Facebook, and we have a Facebook group called Secret Transmissions Secret Group. And you can tell us what you think of the documentary. Make sure you check out some of the shows on the Dark Myths Collective. Go to darkmyths.org and check out some of the fine shows a part of the Dark Myths. Go to cryptidcrate.com and subscribe to Cryptid Crate. Get a monthly box of goodies delivered to your door every month. The best paranormal and cryptozoology items that you can find. All in this neat little box that comes straight to your door. And what's even cooler is you can save 20% if you use the promo code SECRETPOD. And that helps us out. So go order one, get something cool, and help out the show. And if you need more ways to help out the show, you can donate to our Patreon, or you can go buy a t-shirt from tpublic.com slash secret transmission. We've got a bunch of designs, and every shirt that you buy, we do get a little kickback, and it does go right back into the show. In fact, some of the money that has been made for the show has gone into purchasing new equipment, which I am recording on right now. So we'd like to thank everyone for their support and buying a shirt, donating to the Patreon. It's it's going right back into the show. I can promise you that. We're getting very close to our March Monster Madness. So it's going to be a Cryptid versus Cryptid tournament. And we've got eight cryptids that will be announced next week we're gonna do an after dark but it's gonna be it's kind of the inaugural monster madness episode so be on the lookout next week for that episode but until next week we hope you come back and listen to us try to explain the unexplainable You go, can't Abby. chew on that. <laughs> I know. I was trying to hurry. <laughs> I left my phone downstairs, but I mean, I you have can my go get wa- it real quick. No, I have my watch okay. if I need it. But... Okay, y'all ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> get settled down, dude. He's like, I'm just gonna sit on this magazine. Yeah. <laughs> Don't touch me. I gotta scratch my ear. You're gonna turn that off. Vibrate. <laughs> what was that an air horn <laughs> fuck you where, where are you hiding that thing <gasps> it's a pretty good place okay wait my phone isn't on silent though downstairs which I don't think <coughs> it's going to go off but I'll go get it <laughs> I hate you. I'm going to say goodbye <laughs> <laughs>